When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Smalls, CeCe, Evan, with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. Of course, you hear the highlights there. And night one of the NFL season in the books with an awesome win by Detroit over Kansas City. It continues this weekend, of course. Patriots-Eagles coverage begins 3 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations all across the uh, country. And we are lucky enough to have the second person to tell us <laughs> that the Lions were going to win. Chris Canty, what an honor that you were a part of. The, you were the second person to predict that win. I was the second win. person to predict it, even though I, we come on at 6 o'clock in the morning. We're the first radio show on the ESPN yeah, Network. We are. We are. Well, um, joining us now is the person that claims he was the first to do it. It is our fashion insider. Of course, a very busy time of year for him, as he has told us, uh, with New York Fashion Week going on and all the fall looks and everything. I mean, he's very busy. But you hear him noon until 3 Eastern time, Carlin versus Joe. The man who predicted it before Canty, it is Chris Carlin joining us. Hello, Chris. I'm just... Uh... I guess the word would be disappointed more than anything else. Ooh. Just really disappointed that it didn't take more than a week for Canty to forget where he comes from. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, this is what you guys have to look forward to. You can spell Canty with an I. That's that's what we're learning. <laughs> no, you can't spell Canty with an I, but you can spell win with an I. <laughs> Listen, between the all two I of can us, tell you, the Super Bowl ring. Yeah. All right. All right. It's just it's it's so disappointing to me that our time together would be forgotten so quickly that oh oh well look he's he's obviously got major beef with me because he's I was the first one to say it. It's all about me. It's all about Canty. That's well, I mean, so disappointing. But but if it's this. the fact of the matter, and then we have a promo to the contrary with you and Fortinball, how am I supposed to feel? How how do I end up being the bad guy? Because you t- you take our problems public. I take I our problems public. Yeah, I just uh, I really disappointed that. But uh, you know what? I should have seen it coming. It's a bad job by me. Because listen, if you said it before us, I would understand. I mean, Joe's been saying this for three weeks, really, since we uh, before the show even started. And, uh, you know, if people didn't happen to catch that, that's on them. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the beef is what, uh, Kenny? You want to make sure that everyone knows that you were the first person on ESPN Radio to predict the Lions over the Chiefs. That's what you want to know here? You want no, everybody I mean, to know? I mean, I just – I know we said it right. earlier this week. We said it Tuesday. We said it Wednesday when we got the Travis Kelsey news. We said, okay, this is a real thing now. We knew it could be a struggle – to slow down the, the Lions' offense because they're explosive with no Chris Jones. But when Travis Kelsey went out, we're like, okay, yeah, this is a real thing now. The Chiefs need to be on upset alert. So we had said this throughout the entirety of this week. We just launched the show on Tuesday. And here we got Carlin and Joe saying, you heard it here first? <laughs> what, did you say it on, on Tuesday? When we come on at 6 in the morning? 
Did you say it on Tuesday? Ooh. Yes, we said it on Tuesday. We've said it all week. Uh, okay, we said it on Tuesday also. Okay. So if we got our timing, these ideas, they're all up in the air. I mean, it's <laughs> not like we don't have the podcast where we can go back and listen to the show. So this is true. This. Do we need And we have stamps? our podcast. Yeah, I, mean, I think we need timestamps. We got to bring out the evidence. We got all of that stuff. I mean, you see my social media <laughs> posts on Instagram, oh. Twitter, and TikTok, all of those different things. I, I know what I said. The Chiefs should be on upset alert. I said it earlier this week, first show out of the gates, and yet I hear a promo 20 minutes ago that says you heard it here first from Carlin and Joe. But you know what? I don't necessarily blame you, Carlin. I blame your co-host, Joe Fortenbaugh. Mm. You know why I blame him? Because you just can't quite trust a man with a mustache and a vest. You can't trust that guy. Which one is, is less trustworthy, though, the mustache the or the vest, vest? The vest. The vest is super sketch. Really? Super, super sketch. If there's a guy that's rocking a vest and no jacket or anything to go with it, just a vest. And I'm not talking about one of those Canada Goose vests, like a, a, a downwear. No, no, nothing like outwear type of vest. I'm talking about a vest that you would wear with the suit, well, but with no suit jacket. We are very lucky, though. Dude. We are very lucky. Carlin is our fashion insider. Chris, exactly. over to you on vests. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Listen, a vest is a per- perfect compliment sometimes. The three-piece suit, I think Joe's bringing it back. I think it looks phenomenal. I think the man is exceptionally trustworthy. And listen, Canty has these personal biases when it comes to mustaches and vests. He's very comfortable judging a person, uh, a book by its cover, so to speak. Uh, Chris, now that we have you and you are our fashion insider, what trends yeah. are you forecasting for fall? <laughs> well, listen, uh, I, <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it's all about mauve this mauve. fall, okay. if mauve. I had to guess. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, very, very, just, uh, very autumnal. I'm putting it out there first. So here's your time stamp. Uh, <laughs> 805 a.m. Eastern okay. time. Okay, I, I need to address it. A, there's, there's something with the vest I need to address. And I'm not What's saying up? with this for Joe. I'm saying this for me and others out there. The vest is a very key item for a man. And I'm going to tell you why. It is an amazing man boob cover. The vest can work to cover the man boobs. Okay. Uh, if you have soaking, to, soaking spanks. If you have the, if you have Thanks. the man's ear, man I just pictured yeah. pulling yeah. the spanks up to my armpit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it is a great thing if you have to wear the man's ear, right? Instead of that, you wear the vest. The, I'm not saying for Joe. I'm saying for me and others. Chris, again, you're the fashion insider. Mm. Is a vest a good man boob cover? Go ahead, well, give us a couple minutes on that. Considering that you have just. Walked into two of my wheelhouses. Right there. Uh, I, I would have to say that, Evan, I would credit you as an innovator because, frankly, as what I would think as an expert, I had not considered the vest in that regard. I'll tell you what is not the man's friend, and it's it's thankfully it's gone away, the cummerbund. <laughs> The, the cum- like a the championship belt, basically. Yeah, is what exactly. it is. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. Yeah. I, there'll be times I wear a vest and it'd be like 90 degrees. I'd be like, why are you wearing a vest? I just like, I got to carry stuff in it. And it's just like, I don't want to wear the t shirt or the golf shirt. And it's just so totally. You will rock the vest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Talk, was, talking to Chris Carlin, co-host of Carlin and oh, Joe he's had on, on Sportsman. <laughs> like, yeah, I got to switch gears. Going to last night's game, big fella. We worked the draft back in April in Kansas City. And what's up? I'm just saying, going back to the draft in Kansas City, we thought that the Detroit Lions might have won the draft, but last night youth was served. We saw big-time performances from Jameer Gibbs. He had 60 yards from scrimmage. Sam Laporta stepped up with some big-time catches. Brian Branch had the pick six. Did you think that those rookies from the Detroit Lions could step up in the way that they did last night 
and really boost this team to a win on the road uh, in the opener? I mean, not that quickly. I mean, to have that kind of an impact right away, uh, the branch play I thought was excellent. And it's just, listen, part of it's right place, right time. That's on Kadarius Tony, But um, I I thought he made a, a fantastic play. And then, listen, Gibbs is somebody that we talked about uh, an awful lot because Bijan Robinson was assumed to be the best player in the draft at the running back position. And I think he probably is, but I had more than one person tell me leading up to that, we talked about this, that Gibbs is right there with him. And especially when it comes uh, to catching the ball out of the backfield, he is explosive when he gets into space. So, uh, and listen, Sam Laporta, he is a guy that I, I've watched at Iowa. There's only one reason to watch Iowa's offense the last couple of years, and they continue to churn out tight ends. Other than that, um, there's no other reason because it's it's just it is what it is. But I, I wouldn't have thought that quickly, Chris. Honestly, uh, not not that quickly, Chris. It's odd to sit there and say that Andy Reid had a terrible game, but Andy Reid had a terrible game last night. I, I still I'm still stunned he went for it on the fourth down late. A, you know, a fourth and 25 your own 30, down 21-20 with 209 to go and three timeouts. But I'll tell you something. You know what else bothers me that not as many people are talking about? They're up 17-14 with 12-11 to go. They have the ball in the Detroit 21-yard line, fourth and two, and they kick a field goal. Go, yeah. If you're going to go for it later, go for it then. Which one of Andy Reid's situations and decision-making uh, scenarios there bothers you more from last night? Equally. <laughs> um, well, he was no, bad. I shouldn't say that. I was, uh, I, Evan, I would say the field goal. I mean, the fourth and 25 thing was just, it was kind of flat out silly, right? I, I didn't, you basically have four timeouts at that point with the two minute warning. But then you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you're the world champions. You got fourth and two. You have made your reputation over the last several years as we're just going to go. For it, we're going to take every chance that we can, and we're going to get after you. And that, to me, was just kind of, eh. you know, it was kind of sit back and eh, we'll take the field goal. That was just it. It made very little sense to me. I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. And I mean, can I actually say I? I don't want to say he was coaching scared, but it's like he was. Andy Reid wasn't Andy Reid last night. It, it just was odd the way that he handled that game. And I, I don't know if it was because he didn't have Travis Kelsey and uh, he had some receivers who were dropping passes left and right. I I don't know what it was. You still got 15. That's what I know. And as he showed on more than one occasion, he's more than enough last night. Before we say goodbye to Carlin, host of Second Take, noon until 3 Eastern time <laughs> uh, here on ESPN Radio, let's get uh, Cliff and Bora Bora in. Hello, Cliff. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Long-time <laughs> caller, first-time listener. A um, few notes on everything going on this morning, and I think you guys are doing a, an average job at best. <laughs> Number one, if you're going to have someone from Carlin versus Joe on your show, it shouldn't be the big wal- walrus. Go with the guy <laughs> who knows what he's talking about. And second of all, we appreciate the fact that Canty may have sent out a TikTok on Wednesday about the Lions winning that game. No one follows that crap. They listen in the <laughs> afternoon to the picks that are taking place. The Lions as a money line upset, plus 192, given out on Carlin versus Joe. So it's important to let the listeners know that's where you go to make money. 
I'm in Bora Bora. It's very late, but I enjoy listening to ESPN <laughs> Radio. I think you guys are doing, a, like I said, a slightly above average job, but get the big walrus off the show. It's not helping anybody. <laughs> Cliff. Oddly now, specific. He was. Cliff, yeah. before we let you go, men that wear vests, how suspect are they? How suspect? First of all, what is your level of sophistication? Because the more sophisticated you are, the more likely you are to appreciate a vest, a three-piece suit, and a mustache. If you have no class whatsoever, you would probably mock someone that dresses like that. But I would have to imagine that Fortinball, when he's on air later, will address that. I'm just a, an, an, an impartial listener on the other side of the planet taking in my morning sports talk. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that Bora Bora was so cosmopolitan. Didn't yeah, know that. Wow. I didn't amazing. know he had an affiliate there. Very <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ESPN Bora Bora, once it gets launched, we will all be in a knife fight to figure out who gets to go host there. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you. Why, why Cliff? Why, why that name? You could have come up. I feel like Cliff would not be in Bora Bora, right? If somebody's in Bora Bora, his name is not going to be Cliff. Absolutely not. Right? Absolutely it's going to be not. like Pierre. Sergio. Sergio in Bora Bora, right? I don't know that Cliff is going to be in Bora Bora. Again, second take, Carlin versus Joe, <laughs> noon until 3 Eastern time. Thank you both for joining us. Coming up, one of the best wide receivers that you ever played with, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the best to ever do it in the National Football League. Yeah, we will get to that. And are the Lions a real threat in the NFC next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80 ESPNU on the TV side. A reminder, college football is back. Tune in for a doubleheader tomorrow, Iowa State, Iowa, followed by Oregon and Texas Tech. Coverage begins 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Joining us now is one of Chris Canty's former teammates. He's one of the best. Ice up, son. One of the best. One of the best wide receivers of the last twenty years 
in the NFL. He played, of course, for the Carolina Panthers and with CC on the Baltimore Ravens. It is Steve Smith Sr. joining us here on ESPN Radio. Steve, this is our first week doing this show on radio. People know a lot about you. One thing they may not know. Tell everybody when you were a radio intern running the board back in the day. Oh, good morning. Um, I mean, I think I had hair back then, so that's a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> um, I started I started doing radio, local radio here in Charlotte, uh, where I reside, me and my family. Um, shout out to WFNZ. I started with my preseason um, analyst that I do the preseason games with, uh, Taylor Zarzer. Taylor... <clears throat> you know, kind of talked talked me through it and said, hey, man, I really think you'd be good at this. Um, didn't really think I could be. You know, I think um, a lot of people, when you hear me talk sometimes, you can you can kind of see it sometimes in my face where I talk. But I had a speech impediment when I was growing up as a kid, so my mind is moving faster than my tongue. And so that has always been something I've had to work on. And so there are times where, you know, I just kind of struggle to say certain words or pronunciations just because, you know, I have a speech impediment. But uh, over the years, I've been able to overcome it and to to work and process through it um, and I think do a decent job and, and continue to get better each and every opportunity that I have. Yeah, well, you never had a problem when you were trash-talking other guys that you were playing <laughs> against or your teammates in practice when we were in Baltimore together. Smitty, it's always great to have you on the show, man. Can't wait yes, for sir. you and Joe to invite me back on your podcast. But I want to ask you about last night's game. I get it, yeah. no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. But was that game more about the Detroit Lions winning it or was it about the Kansas City Chiefs losing it? Um, that's a that's a fantastic question, and from such an outstanding defense alignment. Hey now, um, you know, uh, being in being in Baltimore, I really didn't uh, think that you can see football so uh, uh, so widely versed, um, Canty. But no, I'm, I'm just joking. Um, I think it can be both. I think it can be the Kansas City Chiefs and the guys that they have that were missing uh, for various reasons, and we know why. And then the Detroit Lions, who I, I've said all along when Dan Campbell first st- stepped on the stage and he made those statements, I was not drinking the, the Crystal Light. However, <laughs> Dan Campbell has I love Crystal Light. really, of course you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Crystal Light, Dan don't be Campbell hating on Crystal Light winning. Iced Tea. Come on now. <laughs> Listen, the reason why Dan Campbell is winning right now is because he's he switched over to that real good sugar water, which is Kool-Aid, not Hello. the imitation. There you go. Hello. And that and that is the difference. Um, one of the things, though, though watching the game and knowing uh, that I was going to talk with you guys is trying to figure out the why. Um, and I think one of the things that we all have done and we will continue to do it is when each team has a superhero, their, their superstar, and the superstar is the quarterback. We at times dismiss the playmakers on offense because we say, well, he can will his way. He's done it before. And this is a different situation. I don't think it will be something long-term that we will look at with the Kansas City Chiefs, but I do think temporarily we will see he has has a bunch of young tier three wide receivers with him. 
meaning guys who can just do their job. They're not going to give you the extra. And the small little detailed things that Kelsey does that we don't appreciate until he's gone, these young men cannot do currently right now. They were on the biggest stage, the only show in town. And it was rabbit droppings all over the field left by the wide receivers because the stage was just too big. Steve, let's talk about Kool-Aid. Let's go back to Kool-Aid because if you're the Colts, if you're the Texans, if you're the Panthers, you're drinking the Kool-Aid on your rookie quarterback until you see him in action in the regular season. How would you determine what success looks like for Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud after their rookie seasons? Those are fantastic questions. Um, I, I really think you you can't really look at the wins, and that's what everybody's going to look at. You have to figure out what are their deficiencies and what things do you – every player, every player has a deficiency that a good coach must mask. That, that's, that's part of the game, right? No one is perfect. But what are those things that you are masking? I think what Anthony Richardson is going to be, and this is just me knowing football, Anthony Richardson is going to show flashes of athleticism. But does he know why he's going there or why he shouldn't throw the ball there? That is what you need to evaluate. Bryce Young, how does he handle adjustments? Because he's he is typically different than – uh, Anthony Richardson, he's more of the shoulders up where and Anthony Richard, and Richardson currently right now is known from the shoulders down, athleticism. And then with C.J. Stroud is how does he handle keeping his eyes down the field not uh, with his anticipated throws? Is it because we've seen it already is he threw it to a spot the receiver is supposed to be, the receiver was not there, the DB was, right? Or the DB intercepted it. So all those three have different things that they have to work on. And as the season goes, you will learn, yes, they're improving. Uh, no, they're not. But you have to look at their performance, which is hard for fans and hard for analysts to do, without any emotion. you got to just look at it as data. Did they win? Let's, did they lose? Plus or minus? Equal them all up. Count them all up. And then that gives you your real determination of going into the offseason next year of what we need to improve on and move forward from there. It's on Sportsman like here on ESPN Radio, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you, joined by NFL Network analyst Steve Smith Sr., one of Chris's former teammates, and, of course, great, great wide receiver. I loved Steve Smith when he was a player in the league. Thank you. I, I did. I just thought you were, like, nasty at that point. I hated him until he was my teammate Well, in of course. I hated yeah. him. So, Steve, one of the debates we're having on the show through the first week of the show is whether or not value-wise, and I'm asking you as a great wide receiver, but whether or not value-wise, the tight end has caught up to the wide receiver in the modern-day NFL. Do you feel like they have, Mm. that that the tight end is as valuable or maybe more valuable than the wide receiver today? It really depends on the system that you're in, Mm. right? If you're in a system that values wide receivers – over tight ends, then no. But when you look at, let's say, let's give a, for instance, you look at the 49ers. Some game plans it is, some it's not. But their system is all about the running game. So making everything look the same in the running game, that allows 
the tight end to get out in the in open space. The way Kyle Shanahan runs his offense, I don't want to say you can put anybody there, but if you got a darn good football player, he's gonna eat and he's gonna eat well, right? And so it's hard to say. I can't sit here. I'm not gonna say wide receivers are more valuable than tight ends, and tight ends are more valuable wide receivers. It depends on the style of your team and the style of tight end you have because not all tight ends are created equally. There are some tight ends who have a presence in the run game and are checked out, not required to be present in the run game the same way they are in the pass game. And so that's, you know, to each his own. So it's hard to really evaluate that. Yeah, I think by not does that, does that help? Yeah, but you does know that what? Help you? Yes. So, Steve, here's what I would tell you though: by not answering the question, you answered the question, but by not making a declarative statement, I think you answered it more because ten years ago, fifteen, twenty years ago, it's not a debate, right? Everybody would say wide receiver. Today, there are no, enough. I see. I, you don't think so? I, I would dis- I would disagree because think about this. Here's a great example for you: Jimmy Graham is all in New Orleans. I'm in, you know, I'm in Carolina, so we hated playing Jimmy Graham. Right. Right? Jimmy Graham goes somewhere else, that boy's on a milk carton. You don't even know he's in the league. <laughs> so that tells you right there. It depends on – because here's the thing. Jimmy Graham was considered one of the best tight ends wide receiver in the game at that time when he was becoming a free agent. Remember? Yeah. Well, but he, I think the whole thing was – Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Name me one wide receiver outside of Mar- Marcus Colston that was on that New Orleans Saints team. Devery Henderson, I want to say. That's just because you have a great it, it was, memory. Was, okay, let me <laughs> let me say. You said that with a you said it with the tone in your voice as a question. <laughs> so I can I can confirm. Are, is that your final answer? That is my final answer, Mr. Smith. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so no, I would I, take the I'll tight end another, though. Hold on. I would add another name, Robert Meacham. Robert Meacham gets picked up for I think it was a first seven round draft pick, pick from Tennessee, yep. right? He goes to he goes to as a free agent to the at the time the San Diego Chargers. They sign him, give him money. He is so good. They cut him before the middle of the season, and where does he go? Right back to the New Orleans Saints. Both guys went to two different teams, and both went missing for a long period of time. So that just tells you it depends on the system. You can't tell me that Justin Jefferson isn't Justin Jefferson if he goes to another team. But T.J. Hawkinson looks great. He looks okay in in, in Detroit, goes to Minnesota, looks really darn good. Why? Because he's with Kevin O'Connell. Where's Kevin O'Connell? From Kyle Shanahan. When? Back in the commander's days with Sean McVay. So, again – Offensive systems can intensify or elevate the ability of whoever you're coaching with a good system and with a good quarterback. So technically, I did answer it. You just looked for the answer that suited you. No, 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 no. What I'm saying, you did. You absolutely answered it. My point was, I think a lot of people dismiss the tight end as valuable as the wide receiver. You, to your credit, did not. That's what I was saying. That you actually, you. Oh, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that 
even even Kenny, when we first brought it up this week, he's like, oh, no way. And then we went through it, and he's like, okay, it's a little bit closer than we realized. Yeah, I'm just surprised that Smitty would give tight ends credit because he played wide that's receiver. What, he was going big up himself. He's that, one yeah. of the best to ever yeah. do. Well, see, I, I, need a, I need a wide receiver to to be present on the on the field because the wide receiver, the the tight end needs to me be present. We all got to work together. If, uh, look, the tight, we had this conversation. We used to joke around in the locker room. I give you this. We we played with one of the greatest kickers of all time, right? Yep. Still playing, Justin yeah. Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Justin Tucker is a phenomenal, excellent kicker, just like a tight end. But if someone doesn't hike the ball to the quarterback and then a receiver catches it on third down to give him an opportunity to kick that 50-yard field goal, he's non-existent. So they all have to work together. You need a tight end that can actually catch. You need a wide receiver that can command a top-tier corner. They all work together. So the wheels, the engine, the windshield, they all work together because if something's out of whack, the car ain't going. Steve, we're tied on time, so we're going to make this quick, but it's our first week here on Unsportsmanlike. You've played with Chris Canny. Give me one word, a little scouting report, to describe Canny as a teammate. Oh, Canny was excellent. He's he's a little bit – he likes to play martyr and victim, but other than that, once he gets past that, he's great for oh, 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 oh. All right, we got something in the back pocket. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. Next time I'm on your podcast, dog, we need to get that. Matter of fact, I'm going to hit up Joe. I need to get on the podcast because I got something to say about that. Steve Smith <laughs> Sr., NFL that. Network uh, Analyst. Unlike you, though, I got editing power. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, all of Steve's appearances brought to us by Crystal Light. No, I'm just kidding. Appreciate Steve, you, thank you, Steve. Appreciate Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Uh, no coming problem. up, Any time for you, Chris. more unsportsmanlike next here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80 ESPNU, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. All right, we're going to lock it in right now on the rookie QBs. Lock it in is brought to you by Gorilla for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. CC, I'm going to give you the rookie QB. You give us, if they lock it in, yeah. what success looks like for them. Got Let's it. start with Bryce Young, Carolina Panthers. What does success look like for him? Don't get killed. 
Don't get killed. <laughs> I want your rookie season to look like Peyton Manning. I don't care if you throw 28 interceptions. Just don't get sacked 58 times. Don't have the career knocked out of you like we saw with David Carr when he was drafted by the Houston Texans once upon a time. You don't want it to look like that. You don't want it to look like RG3 when he got the career knocked out of him by Haloti Nada. If you've seen that offensive line for the Carolina Panthers in the preseason, they were god-awful. Iki Aquano, top 10 pick from a couple of years ago, he ain't played up to that, that draft billing. So don't get killed, Bryce Young. I don't care if you throw a lot of interceptions, but – like Peyton Manning in his rookie year, only took 22 sacks. Stay upright, stay safe, get rid of the football, even if you throw it to the wrong team. All right, well, now we're going to have to have you do this all in movie titles because Don't Get Killed sounds like a movie title. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here we go. On the marquee, Don't all right, Get Killed. CJ Shroud, what does success look like in a movie title marquee? Prove that you are the second best quarterback in the AFC South. That's pretty long, that's longer than a movie. Prove title. it. How about we just prove, say it. prove it? Prove, prove it. it. Prove, prove it. it. Prove it. Listen, that's a low bar to clear. You're talking about Anthony Richardson as another quarterback. You're talking about whatever the Tennessee Titans are marching out there between Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and Will Levis. You should be able to definitively prove that you are the second best quarterback in that division behind Trevor Lawrence. That's what success looks like. And matter of fact, if you're looking at these rookie quarterbacks that are week one starters, he's by far and away got the best offensive line in front of him. He's got a guy that was over 1,000 yards from scrimmage in the backfield with him. Uh, He's also got Tank Dale, who balled out during the preseason. You should be able to prove that you are the second best quarterback in the AFC South. All right, the next rookie quarterback. What does success look like for the fourth overall pick, Anthony Richardson, Indianapolis Colts, and we'll come up with a movie title off of it. We have Don't Get Killed and Prove It in theaters this weekend. Deadshot. Deadshot? Because you need to be accurate. Oh, okay. That's the thing that I'm looking for from Anthony Richardson. The comp coming out of college was Josh Allen. Josh Allen was wildly inaccurate out of Wyoming. We didn't think that Josh Allen could improve his accuracy, but he could. In his second full season as a starter, completed 58% of his passes, 20 touchdowns to nine interceptions. I don't care about the touchdown to interception ratio, but I do care about the accuracy. That has to be good. League average last year was 65% completion percentage. There was only one quarterback that was QBR qualified that was below 60% completion percentage. That was Zach Wilson. Now he's a backup. If you're Anthony Richardson, be above 60% completion percentage. That is success for you in year one. A quick follow-up. As Cantia said today, can't trust a guy with a mustache. Can't trust a guy with a vest. Can you trust the guy with the nose ring? Richardson with the nose ring. We have to factor that into the analysis. Yes, you can. You can. And, and the thing that brought me over to that was Ezekiel Elliott. Two of the first three years he was in the NFL, he won the Russian title. And he had the bull ring, didn't exactly. he? Exactly. No, yeah. Wow. Zeke had two nose rings. He had the bull ring, and then he had one on the nostril. So two nose rings, more trustworthy than one. From a Super Bowl <laughs> champion in Chris Canty. Nose rings, you can trust. Vests, you cannot. Smalls, we have three movies hitting the theaters this yes. weekend. Are you and your friends who are all cool and hip and like <laughs> out and about in New York City? Yes. Are they going to see Don't Get Killed? Prove it. Or Deadshot. Now, let me tell you a little bit about it. Don't Get Killed, starring Bryce Young. Prove it with C.J. Stroud. And Deadshot with the nose ring, Anthony Richardson. The most electric movie that's going to be in theaters that we're going to see is Deadshot, Anthony Richardson. That's what we're, we want to watch. Coming to a theater the near you. you he's the too. one we want to watch. He's the one that he's going to have some highlight plays. Absolutely. Sports in the top ten. Believe that. P-T-A-I. Next on Unsportsmanlike.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pardon the artificial interruption, but I'm Arnold. The Chiefs may have disappointed us last night, but I'm certainly not going to with my picks for the first week of the NFL weekend. Yes, it is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Who is that idiot? Arnold. Give me a break. Clearly he doesn't know football. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPNU on television, ESPN app, and all of our great stations across the country. Yes, uh, one of the greatest shows, if not the greatest show on ESPN TV, PTI. Shout out to Michael Wilbon, Tony Kornheiser, right? They, there's nobody that, do, that does it better than those two. They're just phenomenal. Um, so we pay homage to them. And as we head into week one of the NFL season, we have pardon. My uh, artificial intelligence, yeah. right? right? That's what's <laughs> yes. right. That's what's happening here. So this this guy Arnold, we put games into Bard, and it spit out answers as to what's going to happen in these games. We're going to have to listen to this idiot now. Give us our picks. So the Steelers and the Niners, and the Niners are favored by two and a half. All right, Arnie, what do you have? Steelers plus two and a half versus the 49ers. The Steelers are a veteran team with a strong defense, and they are facing a 49ers team that is still trying to find its identity. The Steelers are also playing at home, which gives them an added advantage. Yeah, thanks. You sound like an artificial intelligence guy. Did you give us any? No analysis from this guy. There's no analysis. Well, what do you know anyway? Oh, 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 really? You want to talk back to me, AI guy? Arnold? Shut up, Evan. Why don't you give another awful Chiefs take? Tell us more about Outcast, you fool. Yeah, oh yeah, you call me a fool? Is that what it says in this, Arnold? You want to go at it? Let's take this outside. I I almost can maybe beat a computer up. I don't think I actually can, but maybe I can. Like office space, stomp on it. Yeah, I mean, seriously. What do you think you are, Arnold? You don't know anything about that. You didn't give any Kenny Pickett takes. Can he tell him what's up here? Yeah, I'm not with. Arnold on this one. I mean, I, I'm all over the 49ers and laying the two and a half points. I don't care that they're on the road. They got Nicky Bosa back. I get it. He's going to be limited in terms of opportunities to rush the passer with his snap count, but he is going to have 
opportunities to jump in there as a situational pass rusher. And one of the things that I know as a defensive lineman, you don't need training camp to be able to go out there and rush the passer. Mm -hmm. That's just a skill that Nicky Bosa has. He's got more tools in the toolbox than most. But the guy that's going to be the major mismatch for the Steelers offense to contend with is Javon Hargrave, former Steeler, the the irony of that. But that defense from the San Francisco 49ers – Combined with the running game and the weapons that Brock Purdy has at his disposal, I think this is a comfortable cover for San Francisco week one. All right. Go ahead, Smalls, before we have to get back to Arnold. You hate Arnold. Well, we have, we have long-standing beef. I can tell. Yeah. he. Uh, I, listen, he dated a girl, and then I dated her after. I mean, he's mad at me for that, and that's what happens. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, your hair is stupid. Oh, this oh, is why really? people like Smalls and Chris Moore. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, what's wrong with my hair? I even went to hair and makeup today, and they said the hair looked good. <laughs> Maybe it was because messed up because of the, the Santa hats yesterday. Bard, Arnold, whatever your name is. Rams, Seahawks. Seahawks minus five. Let's hear what the artificial intelligence has to say from Arnold. Rams plus five and a half against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a rebuilding team, and they are facing a Rams team that is motivated to prove that they can win it all again. Cool. Thanks. Arnold. How does, how does artificial intelligence know the actual feeling of teams? I don't understand that. Give me a break. What do you got on this? I, don't, I think that this is an easy pick. I think the Seahawks are going to crush the Rams. I don't know what Arnold's talking about. Can he? Co-sign on that one. I, I don't see anywhere where the Seattle defense struggles with the Rams offense. The Rams offensive line is still in shambles, and that Seahawks defense is going to get after them. We know that that coverage is going to be able to hold up, and in this instance, that's going to give their pass rush time to get to Matt Stafford. All right, let me ask a question that I don't want to believe can come true because I think the story is great, but I have to ask it. Geno Smith has had way more bad years in his career than good years. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance that last year was an aberration? No, no. And the biggest reason why is because of the run game supporting Geno. They don't have to ask Geno to do a whole lot. It's not like Geno has to be in second and long, third and long. Between Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker the third, they're going to run the football. They're going to keep that offense on schedule, and they're going to pick and choose when they want to take shots. And when they do take shots – They're taking shots to D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, no, last year was not an outlier. It's not an aberration. If anything, I think Geno Smith can get better and improve because we know confidence comes from demonstrated performance. Had a great year last year. Middle of the season, you could have made a case for him to be the MVP. I think he builds on that performance from last year, especially with the weapons that they put in place for him this year. Yeah, the holes we're poking in Arnold's little theory there to me isn't about the Seattle Seahawks. I'm I'm co-signing with CeCe on Geno Smith. My question is about the Rams. Yes, they had a bad season after they won a Super Bowl. I don't think the question is, do they have something to prove? Are they going to bounce back? I think the question is, how bad might they be? And how bad do they want to be is ultimately the question, if guys are hurt and if guys are not playing Mm -hmm. up to their best ability. All right, next game is part of uh, pardon the artificial intelligence with Arnold, who's picking games against us. What do we got? Titans and Saints. Saints favored by three. Yes, Arnold? Titans plus three against the Saints. The Titans are coming off a strong season, and they are led by a high-powered offense. The Saints are also a good team, but they are dealing with some injuries. The Titans are the better team on paper, and they are getting a good price to win the game outright. No, you're wrong. What are you talking about? The Titans are a high-powered offense. I'd kick your... (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. Well, then come on in here. 
I mean, get, where, where are you getting this, Arnold? I, mean, I thought the I in AI stood for intelligence. Obviously not. We're not seeing a whole lot of that from, from no. Arnold. I'm just, I'm just telling you, Arnold, we, we got to recalibrate the system. I mean, Barb, Barb must be tweaking this morning because it ain't working for them. I am all over the Saints on this one. Big I mean, time. they look great in the preseason. Derek Carr's got a lot of weapons at his disposal. But again, Derek Carr has never had a defense like the Saints defense. Last year, the Saints defense was top five in total defense. Derek Carr has never had a defense since he's been in the league in 2014 that's finished better than 20th in scoring defense. So I just, I look at this situation and say the Saints should absolutely roll the Tennessee Titans. I... Let's bring it back to Geno Smith. Do you think that we could see Derek Carr have a Geno Smith type season where he goes to a new system, he goes to a new place, he's surrounded by talent, and he has a bit of a renaissance? I wouldn't call it Geno Smith. I'd say that would be more of the Matt Stafford, yeah. not at that level. There you go. Because Geno Smith was never this good. No. Right? Derek no. Carr has had, I don't think Derek Carr's a great player, but, but he's, he's had been good a pro seasons. bowler. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, had yeah. good yeah. seasons. Yeah. So I think it's more Stafford than it is Geno. Geno would bad. be would be like almost maybe even Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Somebody that hasn't been that great, yeah. that could be great. Are we a little bit concerned we're going chalk against Arnold no I mean we're picking all favorites Arnold just I mean I don't know what what is Arnold explain to me what you're talking about when you call the Tennessee Titans a high-powered offense if you're going to pick them to win use Mike Vrabel use Derrick Henry don't tell me high-powered offense Arnold yeah let's listen to the guy who threw eight interceptions okay (laughs) why are we getting personal I don't understand this yeah, high power. I offense. hate you. They were thirty. They too. were thirtieth in offense last year. <laughs> high powered offense. What kind of intelligence do you have here? I don't. I don't think it has intelligence. How did we find the only dumb AI in the history of the I, world? I have no idea. We've I done no it. Idea. We've done it. We've that done is it. unsportsmanlike. You know what, Arnold? Glue your feet to the ground like the guy at the U.S. Open. <laughs> do you even have feet, Arnold? Probably not. Right? AI doesn't have feet. No, I don't no. think so. Okay. No. All right. Well, uh, last night's game number one of the NFL season, the Lions had a phenomenal win. Obviously, Candy hates them. Just ask everybody in Detroit. Uh, They win 21-20 last night over the Kansas City Chiefs. They looked awesome. And who would have ever thought that Andy Reid, believe it or not, was not ideal for the Chiefs. He's been amazing. Super Bowl winning coach was not that good. We will dive into that next. The Lions' huge statement win over the Chiefs next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.